I, I'm doing this for the 15 year olds and the 16 year olds because yeah. I wish I could reverse back then and, and yeah. share that knowledge that we have now and give it to those kids, bro. That's all I'm trying to do, you know? Think about that. Everybody think about this. It's something new and... Oh, you think you're better now? I'll be very honest with you. I think I just wanted to dive deep into something that a lot of people have been having. Oh my god, bro, you have no idea how crazy this is for me, bro. Let me hold on, hold on, give me a second. <laughs> bro, I can't find what I was looking for, but I'll send you, what you looking for? it. When I was like 14, I started a clothing brand, right? It was called Paradox. Oh, wow. And like wow. it was I had like a long list of influencers that I wanted to work with. I, I It was like one of them. You bro, you were top. You were at the top. I was working with Keeks. I was working with uh, like a bunch of other people in the space, and like you were one of the top ones. So, so where's the brand now, bro? That's what we're actually gonna get into talking about now. What happened was because to. of cash flow issues, I stopped yeah. running that brand. Literally, wow. I I made a bunch of money at a young age, and I didn't know what to do with it. And mm. so when you when you started talking about like financial literacy, I'm like, this is important because. I could have been in a much better position. Exactly, bro. Like, I always like think about if I knew now, if I knew back then what I know now, I yeah. would have been so much further, bro. And that's yeah. the same sentiment with all of us. And yeah. I think that's why conversations like this are really important going into the future to show these young kids. These, I, I'm doing this for the 15 year olds and the 16 year olds because yeah. I wish I could reverse back then and, and yeah. share that knowledge that we have now and give it to those kids bro that's all i'm trying to do you know bro that would have saved me it would save me so much money it would save me that so much time because what happened after that is when i started the next businesses i was bootstrapping bro and i had to just be really resourceful which i'm grateful for because it's yeah. put me like in a much better position now yeah but it could have saved me uh, tons of time tons of time i still want to see those pieces you made though <laughs> For sure, bro. I'm going to show you. Like, I have to find photos after this. I have to. Hold on, man, don't mind if I'm wearing the Zaza. Hey, my eyes are fatigued, man. We've been wearing bro, those something. glasses are fucking <laughs> sick. What are you They're mean? pretty cool, right? <laughs> those are so sick. What <laughs> brand is that? Where did you get them from? In town, bro. These, these um, <laughs> black entrepreneurs on the road. I'm always supporting those guys, Love. bro. How do you pronounce your name, bro? I've always wondered that. It's Liafo. Oh, okay. So for years, I've been saying Liego. I'm like, Liego's God. I'm okay with it. Doesn't matter. Potato, potato. Liago. <laughs> okay. And yours and is Kazen, right? Kazen, yeah. That's the name I gave myself. Thank Yo. you. And what's your real name? My government name is Samuel. Yo, we want me to give you the long government name. My full government name is Ishemu Penyu Samuel Manyonda. That's my full government. That's a long-ass name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Zimbabwe, bro. Uh, that's dope. How are you finding essay so far? Bro, like, I have to be completely honest with you. The best decision my parents ever made, and really? I'm so grateful. Wow. Like, you, you have no idea how it actually is back there, bro. Yeah. So, like, the, the majority of people. Like, like, everybody is forced into entrepreneurship because 95 plus percent of the population is unemployed. So yeah. with that, you learn to like be resourceful and like yeah. it was a good it was a good grounding place for like discipline. But when exactly. I came here, it's like South Africa is crazy, bro. I mean, I've noticed that pattern with a lot of my friends from Zim. I have a lot of friends from Zim, 
And yeah. they come here and the, the juxtaposition between my Zim friends and my South African friends is so crazy because yeah. you guys are way more motivated, way more hungry, you know, and like South African youth, like we are trying to get there, but a lot of people are really nonchalant and stagnant with their lives. With my friends from Zim, it's like they, they're hungry on another level, you know. From a young age, they've been pushing things and it's so motivational for me. That's why I like to really associate myself with people like that. Like the people I hang out with yeah. have to stay hungry and passionate the way I am, you know. Yeah, so I feel you. I'm definitely skimming you, bro. <laughs> Thank you, bro. I appreciate you. I like your energy. You've got good energy. And by the way, bro, like this right here, what you're doing right now, it's going to be so important. Uh, for giving you opportunities with better, I did explain this with you. Uh, in the future, there, there's going to be a lot of collaborative uh, opportunities. So now they know your face, they've seen your face, you know, they know what you're about. So expect some calls soon. That, bro, bro, that yeah. is so, that's so insane, man. Like, yeah. you know, it's crazy for you to say that because, like, when these types of opportunities start pulling up for me, it's like, for me, my only objective when i started making videos was you know i see everybody else who wants to like become an entrepreneur or creator yeah. they they want to position themselves to already look like they're there but i yeah. was always drawn i was always drawn to like the story i was like what yeah. if i show what if, what if i show every single thing that i'm going through and actually trying to build these businesses exactly and, and for me like i always see yeah. your direction that's what attracted me to you the most. I didn't care yeah. about your metrics. I didn't care about your followers, how many likes you get. Stuff doesn't matter to me. I remember the first video I clicked of you, it was bite-sized, but the amount of information I got from that, I, le I learned so much from your videos. I watched every single one of them, bro. Like, I'm your fan. <laughs> as much as you're bro, my fan, I'm your biggest fan right bro, now. <laughs> the, bro, this is surreal. Like, what the fuck is actually happening right now? Like, dude, that's, that's so what insane. you get when you create authentic, great content, bro. And that's what you're doing. I appreciate that so much, yeah. bro. Like, you're definitely, you're a giant in this space, bro. And, like, to have you say those words is it's just appreciate everything, bro. It, Thank, you. Thank you. So, Kazan, what kind of creator are you now? And what kind of creator do you envision yourself to be eight years, five years from now? Bro, the, the place that I'm in right now, and this was always my objective when I started making content, I looked around and I, and I saw people in the entrepreneurial space, people who are building businesses. I saw artists and creatives. And one common theme that I saw across the board was there were a lot of people who were in positions that positions that were not as advantageous as they were making it look like on the internet and mm. and i was trying to find and i was trying to find why aren't people willing to tell the truth on social media because that builds mm. a more authentic story so like all of the all of these things were happening at the same time i started getting into gary v's content he's an entrepreneur mm. in america and he always talks about document your process when i finished matric i decided that's exactly what i'm gonna do i said okay this is gonna be my gap where everybody else is faking and in some cases really evident i'm gonna say guys i'm starting from nothing i don't know anything but i yeah. want to show you the entire process of me trying to build whatever it is that i'm going to build and i know that along the way with whatever i'm learning there'll be nuggets i'll drop for somebody else mm. somebody else might uh get value from it and really my only objective right now and so like to answer your question the type of creator i am is just documenting my day-to-day -day life and staying in it like i don't mm. ever want to make it look like something it's not bro.
Yeah, exactly. I definitely feel you. I relate to that so much because in yeah. terms of financial education as a whole, um, I'm also feeling like a brand new student learning about this while I'm managing my money. And I'm feeling like if I document it while I'm learning about it and sharing it, the best way to teach is to, the, the best way to learn is to teach others. So as I'm learning stuff, I'm sharing it as well, which is really fire. And there's a lot of stuff that we didn't learn in school. Uh, yeah. I did. I studied accounting science for some time. Uh, I didn't yeah. manage to finish that, but I can say that none of the stuff I learned in high school and in varsity is actually helping me or is helping the youth with managing their money. And there's such a gap there, bro. Like there's such but, a space to fill. Bro, sorry to cut you off. Actually, you know, <laughs> I have a funny story about what you just said. Okay, in my uh, school career, grade one to seven, a a student, like the whole way, we move to South Africa, grade eight to nine, I start getting A's and B's, it drops a little bit. Grade nine, I decide, okay, I'm, I'm giving school the middle finger. In matric, up this whole time, I've been doing pure math. In matric first term, I'm talking to my math teacher, they're like, okay, bro, we're going to give you one more month. If you can't get it straight, we think it's best for you to go to maths lit, but yeah. it, at the end of the day, it's your decision. So my mm. final maths mark in uh, the first time of matric is 16%, bro. You're like one six. That's what it Yo. was for pure maths. So then I moved. To... <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing. <laughs> so, so anyway, I get that 16 and then I moved to maths lit. And what's funny is within the first week, we start learning about things like how to do your taxes. And then we mm. start learning about things like budgeting and like when you go for trips, how you're going to set out your money in that. And I was wow. like, wait, but... How are we the dumb kids if we're learning bro, the practical shit that you're Bro, I was in life? pure maths learning how to measure a triangle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting to this day to see what I feel you need to measure a triangle. <laughs> and it's like for the small part of the students who actually want to do something that correlates to Pythagoras theorem in their yeah. own life. Like, what about the big ocean of people who, because now it's 2022, as yeah. young people got more options. What about mm -hmm. catering that to more people but like that's a different topic trying to yeah that's that's a story for another day man the education yeah. system is something we can go on about for the whole forever day. bro knowing forever. me i'm i'm a conspiracy theorist uh, we can go the whole day about <laughs> yeah let's yeah. get back to the topic if money did not matter would you still be a creator yes because money doesn't matter for me and mm. what's funny is I never had money as an objective when I started doing this. Yeah. Like I literally, like literally my thinking was, how can I impact the most amount of people as I'm going on my journey? I have this subconscious knowing that I will be extremely wealthy, bro. But yeah, it, it's for, it's for the betterment of other people. And I look at all, all my other human nature human nature brothers in the world and i look at my yeah. african brothers and sisters and i'm like there's so many things that we can do and i can do as an entrepreneur to put systems in place to be able to help these people mm. that's why when i really began to understand what the blockchain can do for people yeah i was like i was like okay i need to get something that gives me as much money as i can drop shipping to be able to invest in these things that i want to build exactly. solutions to actually help people exactly i think um for me, I relate to that as well because yeah. more than I care about money, I care about intention. So Get into the, the yeah. only reason I 
want to make money is more for my intention to change people's lives. Um, I love that. What matters the most is to make a bag simply for creative autonomy. To yeah, be able I feel to that. Express myself. Because, bro, I was doing a shoot was day before yesterday. I don't know if you yeah. saw it on my story. Crazy shit. Yeah, I saw it, but like crazy. Fireworks crazy. and everything. Yeah. We had to hire equipment. We had to buy props. Those fireworks, those things weren't cheap. Yeah. So I have to care about making money. I, don't, I would love to say I don't care about making money, but I have to because it allows me to afford my creative autonomy to be able to create the content that inspires people. And that's my intention just to inspire people, to make someone wake up one day and be like, wow, Yahoo Scars made me, made my blood rush. That's what I'm trying to buy. The money is not too much of a factor for yeah. me. It's, it's the exact same thing for me, bro. Yeah. And, and you're doing that, bro. You, you've been inspiring yeah. since, when did I discover you? 2018, bro. You've been inspiring. Wow. You've been wow. Why did you not hit me up in 2018, bro? Well, I think I did, but I don't think you got back to my DM. I think oh, I hit you up yeah. on the Paradox account. I like yeah. I was trying to get you into like the brand and do some work and stuff, but yeah. like you were like maybe like, it wasn't meant to be at the time. You see, yeah, yeah. Because course, now yeah. when you hit me up earlier on this year, look what it had come to. Yeah, see, so yeah. timing, timing is a thing as well. You know, some of people course. are like, oh, this guy doesn't answer my DMs or timing, bro. Timing. I you know, know one that, day when yeah. the time is right. You know, when we when we when we reach that level of damn. The synergy is gonna be crazy. Yeah, I feel that. So sometimes don't rush for your icons to answer your messages. The time will be right for them to find you. <laughs> yeah, I found and, and that's what happened. You found me crazy. Exactly. Absolutely crazy. On a scale of one to ten, how dependent are you of your earnings from your creative work? One being not really you have a formal job on the side that you're doing that's paying for all your bills and then 10 being if you were to get no creative clients you'd be dollar fridge would be empty electricity nothing rent you getting kicked out bro like from a scale to one to ten how much do you depend on that that earning from your creative work i make not a single cent from content yeah for me i'm an entrepreneur first and yeah. the the, bless, the biggest blessing that I have right now is I'm, I'm still at home. I'm living, I'm 18 years old. I'm living yeah, with my yeah. parents. I finished yeah. high school last year and I managed to convince them to take a gap year. And then mm. whatever happened this year happened. They saw how yeah. hard I was working. Yeah. And now I've given, they've been able to give me up until next year, September to start university. Yeah. So um, I'm not dependent on my creative work, which I actually yeah. think, which I actually think it gives me like a, it gives me more space for like authenticity and I don't exactly. feel rushed to be able exactly. to be like, to like do yeah. things that are outside of my character. Like yeah. for me, content comes from actually every day hustling and working and running yeah. uh, two businesses. Yeah. And then that's, that's how my content, that's, that's where my content. Okay. And then in future, obviously, yeah. how would you plan on monetizing your content? Because I can, I can honestly say your content is monetizable. I don't know yeah. if that's a word, but you've hit such a niche, bro. You've hit such a niche that a lot of people in this country have not hit the way you're hitting it. And there's going to be a, a huge demand in it. Maybe not now. Maybe you're not seeing the demand in it now. Mm. But give it three, four years. That niche is going to be worth a real value. Yeah, 
I think so too. I, you know, one thing that I've always said is as my audience continues to grow, I only ever want to monetize my audience when I know 100% that whatever it is that they're paying for is giving them extraordinary amounts of value. So yeah. I look at the blockchain space. I look at my passion and interest in NFTs. I've had this crazy idea and I've even made a, a video about it where I'm going to buy an island and this is all going to actualize. I'm going to buy an island and then... um. I want to, I'm going to call it Kazan Island and mm. in Kazan Island is going to be Kazan campus. And basically it's going to be um, a place for people to come and learn and basically yeah. develop their skills in a, mm. in a practical now, but also futuristic way, things that yeah. actually matter in the world and sort of like training people to be able to actually make an impact in things that will provide value to other wow. people. But now the caveat is, the only way you can get into Kazan Island and get into Kazan campus is through the NFT using the blockchain technology. Yeah. So you buy, you buy the NFT and the smart contract, it says this is your passport into Kazan Island and you get all of these different perks. So like, I'm still thinking about it. That that's a long way coming, but that's one of yeah. the ways I'm thinking about monetizing. I love that. Audience. And we're going to tap into more of those NFT related yeah. questions. I know you're super fired up about that section. Yeah, I'm hot on that's that. That's the second section. I, I need the youth to really understand that there are so many ways to monetize your content right now, bro. Like right yeah. now, you don't have to wait for brands to come approach you yet. Uh, I think we've been conditioned to think that's the only way that creatives can make money. But you'd be so surprised that you yeah. can make so much money from your community. You've built a community. It may not be the biggest community, but you do have a cult. You've got a small cult. But <laughs> yeah. you do have some supporters who are willing to fund what you do, who are willing to fund you to get equipment to expand because they really need what you got. So, and yeah. that's what we're working on at Better, things like that, to create a community that pays for your creative work. You won't ever have to pay for your creative work in the future. There's going to be fans that are literally tipping you exactly. on the platform to pay for these things, to pay for your Wait, on the, please tell me more about that? On the better platform, what do you mean? Like, tell me more about that. Um, these are features that I'll get deeper into in future. Okay. Uh, but for now, I just needed you to have a roundabout idea of how you can start earning from your content right now. Like, not in three, four years' time when your first brand hits you up. I'm talking about right now. For anybody, for short-form creators out there, because there's so many short-form creators who are struggling, especially on a platform like TikTok, thinking about how to monetize your content. Mm. This is how you can. YouTube Shorts is now allowing you to monetize your content. So before mm -hmm. the short form content on YouTube didn't allow you to do that. But now you can post on YouTube Shorts and it has an insane, incredible, like organic reach. So your videos can get a lot of views and then obviously you get your CPMs and everybody yeah. knows what I'm talking about. And you can now actually start to monetize short form content. So for everybody looking for that, go check that out right now. Bro, people are sleeping on YouTube Shorts. I even me myself, I must say, <laughs> I've been sleeping on YouTube Shorts. It's definitely something I'm, I'm trying to hop onto, bro. The first time I really experienced like the goodness of short form content was in YouTube Shorts when I started this one dropshipping store, and mm. I think within about twelve days, I got about sixty thousand views, and that was completely free, and oh. that that translated into a couple of thousand rand in sales, which was good because I wasn't paying for customer acquisition. 
So then I yeah. said, okay, how, how far can I take this? I, I ended up founding, finding my first winning product. I started selling it on TikTok and it only took like 200,000 views for us to sell 50 units at like 500 rand. That was completely free. So like I didn't get paid by TikTok, but I sold product through TikTok. And so like what I think what, what we failed to what we fail to appreciate right now is we didn't grow up in the old world where you had to pay for attention. And of mm. course, right now there's Facebook ads and TikTok ads and paid yeah. platforms. But, but the fact that you can reach a customer or somebody who can give you money to do something, as long as you provide them value through the content is insane. And that mm. cuts, that cuts down your margin by like anywhere between 20 to 50%. So you won't have to cover those costs of marketing. I think, for anybody who's got a brand, who wants to sell something, who has a course, whatever. This is revolutionary for e-commerce in general, bro. Of course, bro. Of course. Your, your costs, like, I know people in, like, the U.S. doing, like, millions uh, mm-hmm. in a year, in a month, like, of organic content, knowing how to make a wow. video go viral. Yeah. And I'm trying to get to that place. This is what I think is so crazy about the internet, and it's so understated. There's an entrepreneur called uh, Alex Hormozzi. He's done, I think, yeah. $120 million plus, And he put out a free course called $100 million Offers. I watched the entire thing twice. You have to drop me the link. I need to put it there for anyone who's watching. I'll send it to you for sure. And I'll, yeah, for sure. Completely changed the way that I think about business in general. And I went from selling like 500 Rand products to yesterday launching my first ad for a 3,000 Rand product. And I, like, I'm testing that out in the market. So like, like, like Alex said in the course, a lot of people look around in the market. They say, okay, everybody's selling for 500 rand. I'm going to sell it for 300 rand and do most of the buy from me. You're not going to make any money. Charge a premium price, but actually mm-hmm. give them what they want. And then they will, those who know the value of what you're giving them will actually be willing to purchase. I also want to know, so how do you create the content for, for the products that you sell? So... I, you did say that you, you, you use TikTok and you yes. shorts. So tell me about the process of creating the content for your dropshipping. Okay, so it all starts with the market. Like whatever product I'm selling, at one stage I was selling these uh, LED lights. And you just need to know your market content that is going to do well, like at least like 50K views plus, because that's, that's what I've done on my, on my um, dropshipping stores, TikTok. Yeah. Is understand the market understand what it is they need and put it across to them in the quickest and most effective way that you can. There's, uh, there's simple structures that you can follow. Like this is all on the internet guys for free. I, this is not in my mind. Once you know your market, have a hook that captures that market. So for example, are you a 40 year old woman suffering from da 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 that 40 year old woman, your potential customer is going to start get into why they should, um, care about like the hook explain the hook give them the benefits of what you're talking about and then have a call to action at the end click the link Mm. in my bio shop now or whatever it is and you it converts better so So that's how this content yourself or do you get images and videos online how do you (laughs) You know what's funny? With with the first YouTube Shorts account that I had that got 60k views in like 12 days, I was biting content from TikTok and just restructuring it and putting it on Shorts. And That's YouTube smart. figured it, YouTube figured it out, that. bro. <laughs> bro, like I, bro, I had bro, zero it's about rand. Working smart, not hard. <laughs> I had zero rand for marketing, so I was like, I'm, I need to do this. You, you've really got the nick of maximizing outcome with the littlest input. (laughs) 
But you, I mean, you have to start from somewhere, bro. Like yeah, my family's not my family's not rich. I gotta get it. If I don't get it, nobody's getting it. So um, I started that, um, and then I think within about two weeks, they were like, "Hey, yo, we we're banning you." So they banned the YouTube, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, I know exactly why you banned me. They banned they banned me. So then I was like, okay, next time I do this, I'm gonna actually buy the product and make my yeah. own videos. Yeah. That's what I did for another product. And pe- people in the dropshipping space know this. Sometimes you get winners, sometimes you don't. I bought yeah. the product, shot some content, it didn't work. That product didn't do well. Um, and then for the product that I'm running right now, I'm still to yet, because I started running ads from for it yesterday, pulling clips from the internet and stock mm. footage because like I can edit and stuff. I'm still to yet buy the product and start making my own content. I'm going to order mm. it sometime this week. But yeah, basically everything that I've done up to this point was biting content, restructuring it, putting my own captions and like making it, it, it was just putting like taking six different TikToks and then making quick edits and making them into one TikTok. It gets like 50,000 views. I'm like, hey, thank God. Now I can get started. Now I can actually afford to buy the product to then make my own content because I didn't have yeah. money to begin with. Like I literally had nothing, bro. Shopify, uh, 14 day free trial. And then I found this other affiliate. You have to make sure within that 14 days. Within that 14 days, I can cover the, the $29 to pay for the thing. But then I also found this other affiliate link where you pay for three months for $1. So that's the one I'm using right now on this dropshipping store. And then, um, I just had to pay 300 Rand for my subscription to my supply so I can get the list of products of which I had by that time. So thank God. Um, and then everything else was free marketing to get started. But now I've got like a little bit of a more bigger budget. So I'm yeah. going to like Facebook ads and, you know, stuff like that. Okay. So, so far in your creative journey, have you ever dealt with any contracts? Have you, has a client or anyone ever sent you a contract or brand or anything? Have you ever dealt with a contract? With my personal page, like IMKs, no, but I used to deal with that stuff when I had the clothing brand paradox and I was working with models and stuff and they'll charge like hourly rates. We just needed like contracts in place to make sure everybody knows like what their job actually is. But then people never signed those things. I was 14. As an entrepreneur, it's hard to take a 14 year old seriously. Yeah. So, so, but I had them in place, but they were never signed. So I guess they didn't stand. And also I wasn't 18, so they weren't legally like, yeah, like yeah. So in the future, when you're working with brands and someone sends you a contract, are you going to be reading that yourself, or do you have someone to read it for you? Do you have experience in law to read it yourself, or or not? Be honest. It's okay to be well, honest. But I'm 18. I'm 18. Got no experience in that stuff. But yeah. but as I continue to evolve. Um, I'm definitely going to be learning like how to read those contracts and stuff because I want to understand what I'm getting myself into as much exactly. as probably there'll be like a legal team or whatever. I still want to be able to know like what's, what's being written down or what it means. So, so yeah, I'll definitely learn. Exactly. I mean, for me, I, I did manage to have a bit of law in my courses when I was still studying accounting science. So when I started my creative journey, I already had some, some experience with law terms. So reading contracts wasn't too difficult for me, but I do know that a lot of creatives in our creative spaces have absolutely zero experience. And Mm. that is such an emerging danger in the creator economy. Um, It's an influx of kids coming into the creator space 
and not enough knowledge on law. And the big guys, they know that. Yeah. The corporate heads, they have a board full of a law team. You're sitting there with nothing. So in future, there's going to be a lot of finessing. The greater the, the creator economy grows, the greater the exploitation is going to grow. So now what we're trying to do is create spaces that teach kids about law from a creative point of view. Because even if you go to school for law, they're not really going to give you the knowledge from a creator law point of view, you know? Okay. So these are the kind of things that we want to try to work on to create these masterclasses that teach kids about this. And to also provide services such as having your own personal lawyer at a very reasonable rate to help you read your contract and make sure there's nothing fishy in there. You know? So these, are, these kind of things are very important going into the future. Like being a creator, being an influencer, being a musician, these, these are really cool things, but there's still yeah. so much people are disregarding in terms of the, the, the paperwork, you know? And that's what people are finessed. Yeah, yeah, bro. Like, you know, in the creator economy, like, I was thinking about this yesterday when I was thinking about doing this interview. I was like, it's so amazing that we're now living in a time where people like you can exist, bro, and you can be within your own energy, expressing yourself, butterfly type energy like doing exactly what you want to do but i think what that comes with that we didn't have before is now creators and creatives are are being in a position where they have to learn non-creative skills like almost becoming entrepreneurial in a sense and like getting smart like about your finances and getting smart about your contracts and all the deals you're getting yourself into because even as a dropshipper bro when you reach out to these influences and with 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 the state of content right now i don't even reach out to influencers i just reach out to content creators well who like can get a lot of people behind something yeah. um the biggest thing that i've seen is these guys don't do not know how to price themselves yeah they really don't and and they, they end up being underserved so so i think it's just getting like as a creator uh, taking the extra step to know that we live in this beautiful world where we're able to do these things now mm. but that comes with the extra responsibility of like more like entrepreneurial type skills of being able to manage your own shit exactly so important bro but i'm happy this is happening and i'm happy we're having these open discussions like it's gonna go into something uh that the youth is going to be able to use to protect themselves you know it's very important people protect themselves me myself i'm a person who's been exploited before by Mm. corporate heads and i can tell you right now as an 18 year old going into this there's people out there ready to bite you, bro. Like, bro, can you tell us? Can you tell us one story where, like, you you knew, like, during or afterwards, that okay, here I'm being exploited, and like, how was that experience for you? I'm actually right now. I'm still in that case. It's a very huge case. Um, it's a hundred and fifty thousand rand case. It's huge. Jeez. Uh, I was working with a big corporate. Uh, they focus in finance. Uh, I don't want to mention their name. That's dangerous. But yeah. um, I did some work with them. I did a campaign with them last year in September. Yeah. And they, I, I created all the content for them. I met all my obligations as per my contract. I did everything I needed to do. Submitted their content. I posted everything. 
and then they decided to ghost me to this day every month i've been fighting for that money but i did manage to get a lawyer and now the the, the case seems like it's going in a better direction uh, but I can only imagine because I, I hit up so many other influencers that worked with this brand and a lot of people just gave up. They just left that money yeah. they're like, there's nothing we can do. I'm like, what? There is something you can do. Don't let these people keep biting people because if they do it to me, they're probably going to do it to you soon. Is, is this a brand that like people know? It's a brand that the whole country knows. It's That's huge. Insane. It's a huge brand. Um, That's insane. But... It just goes to show that no matter how big the corporate is, the, no matter how big the corporate is, no matter how reliable you think they are, there's they're still out there to bite you. And I think the youth really needs to be careful of that. If I knew then what I know now, I would have moved way smarter uh, with yeah. reading my contracts as well. But it's a lesson that we all all learn. I mean, even yeah, Kanye, the the richest black artist in the world still yeah. struggles with this kind of thing. He's yeah, always ranting about exploitive contracts, you know? It's something yeah. that all of us in the creative space are, uh, are, are, are gonna suffer from as long as we don't put in the right work. Like you said, you know, as creators, we still need to learn the non-creative work. Yeah, yeah. So, it's crazy stuff, but... We move, we move. Damn, good luck with that, bro. I hope, I hope yeah, it all goes well. I will, definitely will, bro. I've got a fighting spirit, you know? <laughs> I love that. If you could travel back in time to the very beginning of your journey as a creator, what financial advice would you have given yourself? That 14-year-old Kazen, what would you have given him? That financial advice that would have shot him to the moon by now? definitely understand your profit and loss sheet and know what the hell a balance sheet is because yeah. as as a 14 year old i was selling hoodies and t-shirts the average price was between 350 to 450 made amounts of money that i didn't expect to make like just a little bit over 20 g's and within a week i blew all of it because because now okay oh i'm that guy and then um, and then I'm young and then I have friends that aren't really my friends. And then this person needs this and then this and that. And I didn't understand anything about my financials at yeah. all. So, so it's just understanding, I would say, get financially literate, just the basics. Mm -hmm. You don't need to become a CPA. Just know top line revenue, your expenses, what everything looks like on the bottom line and, um, have a strategy for how, so for what you're going to be doing with your money. Yeah. Like, the way I handle my money now is I actually learned this from uh, Iman Gadji. He's like a, like, I'm, I don't know if you know him, but he's a, he's a well-known entrepreneur now on the internet and stuff. So yeah. now I'm taking, I'm Christian. So now I'm taking 10% of my money. If I have a hundred percent, I'm taking 10%. I put that into tithe and then I take 20%. That's what I spend. And 70 i use it to invest and put into things that are gonna produce cash flow so mm. if i could go back in time i'd say get financially literate don't be lazy put in the time to learn the basic financials it will save you a lot of time and money i think it's also important that uh, especially now which is better um than what how things looked when you were 14 is because mm. there's way more fintech support systems for, for sure to manage their money uh there's there's literally this technology now that's 
literally made to make you financial literate, even if you're too lazy to read up about it, even if you're yeah. too lazy to study financial literacy. There's platforms that are put in place. Platforms like Better, man, like, like Better is gonna make things so much easier for that 14-year-old kid to manage his money. He doesn't even need to be a CPA, you know. Mm. It's gonna be able to make things easier for you to manage your first business, your first hoodie business. You work with Better and they know how to really merge your, your finances and compare your assets to your liabilities so that you can maximize your profit margins, things like that, you know. Uh, but it's definitely important for people to also familiarize themselves with all the platforms that there are. There's so much available platforms, bro. People yeah. just need to go out and look. The internet is yeah. so perfect for you right now. You the can't be broke. I believe you can't be broke today, this day and age. Like, it's crazy There's though. because put in place for you, bro. Exactly, bro. Yeah. Like, education is... Edu like here's what I say: If you're blessed enough to have a device and an inter internet connection, you're so set. You're exactly. so set. The the, the exactly. next thing is just your work ethic. How much are you yeah. willing to put into the things you want to do? Okay, so you believe that in ten years' time, African people will be able to send money peer to peer without an intermediary through NFTs and cryptocurrency. What's your take on that exactly? Because I know you said that in one of your videos, and I was curious, what do you mean by that? How can this culture benefit African people specifically? Because we are a third world uh, continent, you know? So how are NFTs, which is a first world idea, going to help third world problems? Brother, first of all, it's happening right now. People hmm. in Africa can send people to each other with, can send money to each other without a bank right now. If you have mm. an Ethereum wallet, I can send you Ethereum and then you'll be able to withdraw that and turn it into rands. Same thing with mm. Bitcoin. Mm. And the common misconception that people have because of reading headlines and stuff like that and not actually doing education is it's not NFTs, it's not crypto, it's blockchain. Blockchain mm. is yeah. the foundation. Like NFTs and cryptocurrency are just two applications on top yeah, of blockchain, blockchain technology. Blockchain is the mother. Blockchain yeah. is the mom. Blockchain is the mother of this thing. So what I, how I see it moving forward is, you know, especially in, in the African economy, just from like what I've been seeing and, and I used to live in Zimbabwe. So live, living in a country where 95 plus percent of the population is unemployed and a large portion of those people are living in outskirt areas where they can't get access to opening bank accounts. What's going to happen is if I have a wallet, uh, a wallet, on top of any application on the blockchain where I can, where crypto has moved further along and whichever currency becomes the currency and is more largely accepted, the majority of people can have that wallet and be able to send money to each other instantly without a bank and without all those extra fees that we have. I'm really curious about the future, man. I think about these things a lot and yeah. there's not many people on the internet that talk about them much. Especially and, and by the way, bro, and in our youth. So when I found your content, yeah. that was sparked me because you talk about yeah. the stuff that I think about. But bro, to be honest, it's not as far out as people think. Like, yeah. like blockchain is here right now. Cryptocurrency is here right now. Transactions are being made on a daily. And in the NFT space, I'm so happy that the majority of projects have lost ninety to ninety-five percent of mm. their value. Because what's mm. happening now is the people who are actually focused on building good projects with good smart contracts tailored 
to give an amazing experience to the consumer, those are the only ones that are interested right now. When it was mm. just a big cash grab and the majority of people who were in it were, were just trying to flip and make a quick bag, that invited mm. a lot of bad behavior. But what's happening now is the market has gone down by a lot and now the people that are left are the warriors who actually believe in this technology, who are building mm. things that are actually going to help people's lives. Okay, I'm curious. Uh, this is off topic. I'm not even yeah. supposed to. It's there is no off topic, bro. So I don't want you to elaborate too much, but I'm curious. Okay. Uh, what is in your crypto portfolio right now? Top four. It's all about telling the truth. I only have a couple of thousand rand in crypto because that's yeah. what I have right now. Yeah. But and it's not five, even top. But I want to know. <laughs> and it's not even top four. It's top two. It's just Ethereum and Bitcoin. Perfect. Okay. Well, I I'll give mine away. Bitcoin. Yeah. I don't have Ethereum, unfortunately. Solana, Cardano, and my last one was Doge, but that was just when I was just playing around. But yeah, that's yeah. my top. <laughs> okay, okay. No elaboration needed there. Yeah, yeah. Whoever wants to find out must must hit us up. <laughs> I don't want to get too deep into that stuff. <laughs> okay. Okay. In fashion, we have two main problems. I want to start with the first one: counterfeit goods. How yeah. do you think that NFTs will solve this problem? And like, and like I said before, it's not necessarily NFTs, it's blockchain. LVMH, the company that owns Louis Vuitton, uh, Hennessy, owns brands like Givenchy, they've actually partnered with other luxury brands to create a blockchain consortium called Aura. And that's solving the problem of traceability, sustainability, and authenticity. So... In the past, we didn't know exactly where the materials were coming from. We didn't know if everybody along the supply chain was getting paid what they need. And mm. if it's a Louis Vuitton bag, how can I actually prove that it's from Louis V? Yeah. So now, now what's, what's happening is I'm able to go on the blockchain because of what... And this, this is the first like, big company like doing this on that scale. Now I'm able to go on the blockchain okay, the cotton came from this country and then it was moved to that country. It was assembled mm. in that country and then wherever Louis V makes their stuff, that's where it was made. It's verifiable that it's from Louis V. So now I can see the entire supply chain uh, trail solves the first problem of traceability, which is people weren't getting paid what, what they were supposed to be paid for. There were farms in Brazil and other countries where these people were getting undercompensated or not compensated at all. Problem solved. And then authenticity. How can I tell that this is actually from mm. Louis V? They can do it however they want, but I don't know. Maybe I'll be able to scan my Louis V bag and tell that it was from Louis V. And then I, I can see the entire thing. You see, and like, we get to a point in future where homies can just walk up to your sneaker and scan it. It's like, it's fake, bro. It's fake. So like <laughs> everybody copies fake stuff. <laughs> Everybody comes That's a scary time. place Save to money. go. Woo! <laughs> Save your money. Very funny. Uh, the, second, the second part of it, um, yeah. the second biggest problem we have in fashion, I think it's actually the first biggest problem we have in fashion. It's fast fashion and the sourcing of unethical materials and unethical labor. Okay. So I'm seeing that soon we'll have blockchain be able to track each and every from the the piece of rubber this croc yeah i'm wearing yeah. crocs bro 
<laughs> vibes. From where this rubber was sourced to each hand that 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 put labor into this, were they well paid? Were they well treated by this corporate that created this croc? How are we going to solve that problem using blockchain? I'm so curious about that. Well, okay. Essentially, the blockchain is is just a database system. Yeah. So. It's, you enter information, but it happens in a way that's irrefutable, that you can't yeah. argue with, and you know that it's safe and secure. But what I can say now is it's, it's forcing brands, especially these big, these big brands who claim to be sustainable and ethical, to actually yeah. say, okay, prove it. The blockchain is open to everybody. You claim to be sustainable. You claim to give good wages. You claim that you aren't into exploiting children. Okay, fine, show it. Let us all see it on the blockchain. Yeah. That's going to be one major sustainability and marketing play for a lot of these companies yeah i'm i'm really really into sustainable sourcing i'm a, I'm a thrifter uh yeah. everything i do in fashion i promote sustainability so yeah. it's a very interesting topic for me when it comes to blockchain and i want to start gathering ideas of how i can integrate myself into yeah. blockchain fashion i think there's a huge space in that in the future bro. Huge. massive massive before you even get into paid advertising if you can if you can really learn how to do good organic marketing you're going to save yourself a lot of profit and you're going to learn the skills that are going to transfer really well into running paid ads yeah. because now with a platform like tiktok if a video does well it's because it was based on the amount of interest that it got so the basic idea is okay people will like this these types of yeah. videos then you can take that out and put it into a paid campaign and see how it performs and usually it performs really well Hey man, for me, that is it. We have killed this interview. I enjoyed it. This is my first time ever talking to you. And yeah. we spoke for what, an hour? We spoke Bro. for an hour and two minutes. That's insane. That's how I know I would get along with you. Like We have like-minded minds, but yeah. we're also very different at the same time. I feel like you're young and I can learn a lot from you. And you can learn a lot from me. So we definitely got to hang out much more than this. For sure. Bro. Um, but yeah, bless up. I appreciate your time. I'm honored to have you on this interview, bro. Thank you, bro, so much. I'm so happy we were able to do this. And like I said, like, bro, I've been looking up to you for so long. This is literally a dream come true for me. It's another brick in the wall that I'm just excited to like. Just to have. Baby. <laughs> and and yeah, thank you. I really appreciate you being here, bro. Thank you. And shout out to Thanks. Better. Thank you. Thank you for making this possible to more in the future bro this is only the beginning this is only the yeah. first break to what we're trying to build for the south african youth bro and you're part of it thank you bro i appreciate that and you're part of it as well and we're all part of it